Hello and welcome to The Solution, a Wellness Manifesto, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm your host, Dr. Nate Lowenstein, and with me is Coach Steffi, my co-host. Today's episode, Baby, What is Happening? All right, let's get into it. All right, well, we asked and received... I had previously asked listeners to suggest topics for discussion on the show, and then kind of last week I realized that that was pretty unlikely because most of you are probably listening on a commute in your car, and that was actually by design. That's what we wanted the show to be was uh, short, easy to consume, less than 30-minute episodes on health and wellness, and I shouldn't necessarily expect that you're going to get out of your car and remember at the end of the day to shoot me a message. You are very welcome to do that. I would love you to send me more stuff to talk about. But I was lucky enough to have a patient in the office who listens to the podcast and she suggested this topic. And then as luck would have it, and it probably actually wasn't luck considering that our phones just listen to us all the time and then feed us stuff that it hears us talking about. But as luck would have it, I stumbled upon some news articles that are very recent, that are very relevant to this topic, and that actually weave it together with some of the stuff that I'm covering in the program right now. So what is our topic today, Steffi? Infertility or fertility. Or fertility. We're talking about fertility. So in the event that there are parents listening to this episode with your children, we are going to be discussing several kind of specific issues with regard to fertility that you may not have discussed with your youngsters just yet. So if you're listening or they're listening, you can anticipate some questions like, what is that? Um, And if that's not conversations you're ready to have, well, you have some fair warning to maybe tune into this episode a different time. Some of you might also be thinking that the topic of fertility is not necessarily relevant to you because you already have children and uh, don't struggle with fertility. However, what we're going to discuss, I promise, is relevant to you because you either one known someone who has struggled with fertility, two, you yourself are struggling with fertility, or three, you're a human being living on earth. And these statistics, like all the stats that we talk about with regard to chronic health issues, should be a concern to you. So after that patient had asked me to talk about fertility, within a couple of days, a news article came across my news feed, and it was titled, Falling Sperm Counts Threaten Human Survival. This article is about a book written by a woman named Shanna Swan. Hopefully I'm saying her name right. Never met her. Um, She's an environmental and reproductive epidemiologist, and she published a study in 2017 that showed that sperm counts in Western countries have decreased by 59% between 1973 and 2011. Her book discusses that current projections show that human sperm counts in the West will reach zero By 2045, which is what, 22, 23, 24 years from now? 24 years, yeah. Like, definitely within our lifetime. That would be like, the kids that are being born now, it's their kids. So, like I said, if you think, if you have children and you think fertility issues don't amount or don't apply to you, if you want grandkids, this might be important. So, I've said this before, I believe currently and will continue to say and believe until compelling evidence to the contrary motivates me to change my mind that chronic poor health brought on by our lifestyle choices is the biggest problem that we face without even a close second. I believe that the situation we discussed regarding coronavirus just last week supports that point of view, but this is even more alarming in terms of stats than I would have guessed. And 
As a strong disclaimer, I've not read the studies referenced in this article, but logically, some of these points just make sense. So Dr. Swan, I assume she's a doctor. Dr. Swan writes that of the five criteria for making a species endangered, human beings currently meet three. And typically, one is enough. Half of the world's countries now have fertility rates that fall below replacement levels. And Swan blames her uh, biggest issue with this is what she calls, quote, everywhere chemicals. She does have a quote in the article, quote, chemicals in our environment and unhealthy lifestyle practices in our modern world are disrupting our hormone balance. So oddly enough, right after seeing her article, I saw another news article almost immediately that was titled Arnie's removing a chemical in mac and cheese linked to fertility issues. And this is a company that makes organic mac and cheese and their line contains what's called orthophthalates. You can go ahead and Google that. Um, it's a chemical they put in plastic to make it more pliable. And, they, and, and that's in their mac and cheese? It's in their mac and cheese for some reason. Hmm. But it has been linked in studies to reduced sperm count. And then this is wild. On the same day, another news article, seemingly unrelated, but it references something called the Drake Equation. Do you know what that is, Steffi? Yes, I vaguely remember that from my old uh, astronomy class. Um, it's an equation to determine the probability of life on other planets within our galaxy universe. Wherever we can see them. And beyond. So yeah, it, it calculates whether or not, or the kind of the odds that there is intelligent life somewhere out in space. And a different probability equation accounts for the fact that there has likely been intelligent life elsewhere in the Milky Way galaxy that has, prior to our arrival here, uh, self-destructed and is likely no longer there. And this article, it's pretty interesting to me. Um, it discusses basically the hubris that we have, and we think there's no way anything can come between us and our status as the alpha predator here on Earth. And it turns out the most dangerous thing imaginable that's getting between us and our status is ourselves. We are the most dangerous living thing on earth. So getting back to how that all relates to fertility. And again, if you already have children, but you dream of someday having grandchildren, this applies to you because not to anyone's surprise if I'm talking about it, it turns out there are lifestyle factors predicting some of these changes in fertility rates. So we're first going to look at Dr. Swan's perspective regarding all these new chemicals in the environment. Of course, in the program I'm taking references that there are more than 80,000 chemicals designed and brought into market since World War II. The EPA currently has a catalog of more than 85,000 compounds that are currently in use. Another podcast I've listened to recently, I can't remember the doctor's name on there, but he was a sharp guy. He was talking about glyphosate, the ingredient in Roundup, and found that it is in the rain now, and it's on the skin of most people walking around. And then where Steph and I live, there was a recent news article that discussed findings, and it was an ethanol plant. Is that right? I believe so. I think so. And they were dumping known toxins into the ground at hundreds of times what the EPA considers to be safe um, on that plant property. So the point is, if you're living in the Western world, it's almost impossible that you're not coming into contact with these toxic substances. The functional medicine approach is that even though there are levels considered safe, we must approach this from the perspective that no level is truly safe. 
And there is so much we don't know about toxic load and how you may be able to tolerate a heavy metal, for example, to a certain degree. But as soon as you add another heavy metal in there, we know a little bit. We don't know a lot about how those things, when they're in there together, how they affect you. And what we do know is that it compounds the effect. It's currently estimated that each one of us is walking around carrying about 700 different toxic chemicals inside of our bodies at any given point in time. So when I say that, do you know, do you know where they're stored? Where, if I'm saying you're holding 700 toxic chemicals, where are you holding them? I don't know. In, in my skin? <laughs> nope. They are fat-soluble compounds. Ah. So you will hold them in your fat. And the more toxic you become, this is why these toxic loads are actually linked to obesity and diabetes as well, because as your toxic exposure goes up, you need places to put them. So this is one of the things that kind of leans into the material that we're covering in terms of detox. And I did kind of tease that last time that we would talk about detoxification and what it actually is. So detoxification or biotransformation is something that our body does for us, provided we give it the right circumstances in terms of nutrition, et cetera. So we're going to dig into this deeper next week because this is a, it's a big topic. So we'll talk next week a little bit more about what toxic load really is and how we can start to deal with these toxins using lifestyle intervention. Um, it's a, it's a reasonably deep conversation. So in a 20 minute episode, we can't do both. For now, what is important to understand is that there are toxic chemicals that are ubiquitous in our environment. They're all over the place and that those compounds can and almost certainly are having an impact on our health and wellness. And we are not helpless. So that's going to be what we kind of cover next week is that you're not helpless based on your exposure to these toxins. So with regard to our lifestyle and fertility topics outside of toxic exposure, happily in 2018, the journal called Reproductive Biology and Endocrinology published a pair of reviews looking at evidence on how fertility rates in men and women have been affected by lifestyle or quality of life in men. The data seems more clear. Essentially, all lifestyle parameters that we've previously discussed are relevant. Listed in this review, age, nutrition, exercise, and obesity status all play a role. One of the main issues discussed with male fertility is oxidative stress. This is a subject that also requires a deeper dive to fully understand, but a quick summary is that oxidants or reactive oxygen species cause damage to cells and sperm are cells. So they have antioxidant capacity on their own, but they require environmental and nutritional or lifestyle support. So there are things that we can do in terms of our lifestyle to aid them in that process. In terms of stress specifically, it leads to changes in hormone levels. We've already kind of been through that in season one. If this problem is chronic, it will lead to alterations in sperm it reduces quality, quantity, and motility. So obviously that's going to have a negative impact on that person's ability to reproduce. Nutritionally, overfeeding and obesity, particularly when we're overfeeding on those highly processed nutrients and really high fat, and particularly high saturated fat or trans fats that are in those um, factory foods, that's been correlated with impaired reproduction. So a diet, that the solution here is a diet that focuses in high intake of fruit and veggies, which again, you've heard this before. And a diet that focuses on reduced inflammation and reduced oxidative stress provokes improvements in sperm motility and morphology. So how they move and how they look, which means how they function. In women, 
As I read the article, the picture of stress seems a little less clear. There are hormonal changes associated with stress that have been associated with reduced fertility, uh, particularly the old biomarker that we've discussed in another episode called salivary amylase. When that level is high, there tends to be a reduced probability of conception. Of note, though, this was kind of the most fascinating thing that came out of that review to me, is that women who struggle or who begin to struggle with fertility seem to put additional stress on themselves and then society in trying to enforce gender and family norms will place added pressure on those women, which actually only compounds the problem. They just, they're stressed because it's not working and then that makes them more stressed and then reminding them of that makes them more stressed. So according to this research, this situation is felt more profoundly by women than men. So summarizing, and and I am aware and again, this should not surprise anyone that the show becomes repetitive, but by design, we're looking at chronic health issues and they are getting worse and with the dire potential outcomes and we're saying, hey, look, eating, moving and thinking well reduce the risks pretty much across the board. And the more you look at the science of lifestyle and relate it to almost anything you can come up with, does lifestyle affect fertility rates? Absolutely. Does lifestyle affect risk of obesity? Absolutely. Diabetes, mm-hmm. cancer, yep, heart disease. So it is going to be repetitive information where we say, because some might wonder, well, I don't have a family risk of heart disease. I don't have to worry about this. Everyone needs to worry about this. And it's affecting the next generation in terms of the fact they may not be here. So yes, eating, moving, and thinking well is going to reduce the risk of conditions and fertility is no exception. Again, I, I have to say, I'm not suggesting that this will absolutely solve every health problem but there are very simple things that we can all do to improve our nutrition, to improve our health and lifestyle, to reduce stress and decrease the risk of infertility as well as every other chronic condition we've talked about. You can reduce your risk with lifestyle intervention. When we talk about eating, moving, and thinking well, in painting with broad strokes, they're saying increase your fruit and veggie intake. How do we go about doing that? What's our easiest way? Eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. Right. To me, to us, there is no easier way to get started on that. When you talk about exercise, you just start exercising. And if you need a place to go, find a place to go. If you need people to do it with, find people to do it with. They say that people are more successful in starting an exercise program if they have that support system, if they have something, somewhere to go that they're accountable to, or they have a buddy that they go with, you will be more successful. And for what it's worth, and you know, I am a CrossFit coach. I do own, or I'm a partner owner in a CrossFit affiliate because that program is successful because of the community of people inside. It's not that we have a magic program. It's not that we have magic warmups or recovery. It's that when you show up, you're going to put in the effort and that effort is going to translate into better fitness. And a lot of times it will also translate into better lifestyle choices because you want to support the training that you're doing. Now, if you need to dig deeper, there are other natural approaches, supplements and botanicals that will aid in fertility, but that's not, we can't dive into each individual one of those things and recommend them across the board. We can recommend improving diet across the board. We can recommend exercise across the board. We can we can definitely recommend mindfulness and improving your relationship with yourself across the board. But if there are nuanced things that require focus, that's where it's it's wise to enlist help. So 
consider you know jumping on the old Google machine and looking up a functional medicine practitioner near you. Call them, talk to them, ask them if they have experience about working with fertility. And that person can help you dig into some potential things that might help you get closer if you're already doing these other things right. So keep in mind, our goal is to help everyone understand what broad strokes we can take to improve health. This is the foundation. And if you need to dig deeper, you can. There's help out there. So in this episode, we discussed the view that environmental toxins are part of the problem. So next week, we're going to go into environmental toxins, where they are, how we come into contact with them, how we can start to reduce our contact, how we do detoxify them when we do contact them, and how we can support that with our lifestyle to make sure that detox is actually happening. Um, because that, you know, we'll get into it next week, but there are two stages and you got to do them both right. Following that, because we've talked about stress and its impact on fertility, I want to take you through a workshop that was created a long time ago on moving and thinking well that's just based on the wellness training I did with James Chestnut. This is just a pretty solid look at how we can start to approach mental wellness that will help us combat emotional stress because emotional stress is certainly part of the stress equation that's impacting fertility. So this should lean into that a bit, but I want to visit and revisit what motivates us and how we can help ourselves to make change. How do we do that? So that pretty much sums it up for what we've talked about this week, what we're talking about next week, and what you can look forward to down the track. All right, we will see you then. All right, my apologies for not getting this published in a timely fashion, but Right on the day that I was going to publish this episode, another news article popped up that was extremely relevant to this whole season so far, so I thought I would share that with you as well. It's the COVID baby boom is looking more like a baby bust. So birth rate data provided to CBS News by 28 state health departments shows a 7.2% decline in births in December 2020, which is nine months after... COVID was declared the pandemic. California saw a 10.2% decline in the last year, and Hawaii saw a 30.4% decline in births over the last year. So we've said in this episode that birth rates are declining, but this is a really quite a large-scale decrease, one of the biggest that has been seen. The Brookings Institution has forecasted that there will be 300,000 fewer births this year than previous years. And the reasons for these declines, people are saying, is having to do with stress, the unknown, and the COVID pandemic. A survey published in May found that a third of the women that they talked to were delaying pregnancy or wanted fewer children specifically because of the pandemic, because of having to school from home or just the unknown. Well, will they have a job? You know, will they have a house? So those are the things that are now making this problem we've just talked about even more significant in the modern world. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Solution, a Wellness Manifesto. I appreciate you being here. I hope that the information we covered in this week's episode was beneficial to you and that you can apply it into your life to help yourself move away from sickness and towards health. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Functional Performance Chiropractic and Wellness, for their ongoing support, and I'd like to appeal to you. 
If you know anyone who would benefit from the information we're talking about on this show, and I know you do, please refer them back to episode number one so we can all get started on the same page. I look forward to working with you and them. Until next week, take good care of yourself.